This is a true down the fucking spiral side quest now. It's fucking, we're gone. We're gone, Wele. Yeah, cold ciders, though. I, I've been into the, to the fucking ciders, like the, the Angry Orchard and the Woodchuck Cider Treats. I've been on the... I'm still on the root beers. Oh, those are good, though. It just fucked up my stomach. I don't know why. So if you haven't tried it, the there's another brand that does it. And like Andrew, actually, my wife likes it better. It's called Coney, it's called Coney Island Hard Root Beer. And the uh, the first brand for all the listeners was not your father's root beer, right? Not your father's root beer. This one is a Coney Island Brewing Company that's just called Hard Root Beer. Cool. And it's delicious. It's, it's a it tastes a little bit different, but I like both. And the, this one's like they carried at the gas station on on the military post out here. Hell <laughs> so. yeah. I love when they carry liquor at a gas station. It's like so, so, so I pick cool. up a six pack. That's like the coolest thing to me. Well, you're like Bible Belt world in fucking Indiana, where they don't even sell booze on fucking Sundays. Out here, it's nope. like liquor stores everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be the last state to legalize marijuana, I'm sure, except no. Ohio, because I think they actually just denied it. But yeah, it's fucking Bible Belt extraordinaire with all the Mennonites and the Amish or the Amish, as my grandpa would say. Dun <laughs> <laughs> Man and I. <laughs> so yeah, man and I. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Damn Amish! Your your grandpa lived out in Mennonite world though. Yeah, he ca- did. Cabin world. Slow moving vehicles, fucking everywhere you look. <laughs> grandpa Lyle stabbing cabin. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just chip off the old block, just an apple that fell off the tree and roll a little bit down the hill, and I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I haven't <laughs> drinking a beer in, like, fucking forever. It's been, like, cider world for me. Like, yeah, for I, real. It's, it's few and far between for me. Ciders are just so refreshing, and it just, oh, I just can't get out, can't get over the fact that it's just apple juice, man. After moving my entire house, like that night, we went to a Mexican restaurant. And I drank margaritas. <laughs> like I was like, I need some margaritas. Oh yes, Margarita Massacre returned. Yeah, it wasn't a, quite a massacre, but it was it was still good, <laughs> still nice. So, uh, the, the wife let you do a little bit since since going crazy the last time. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not with I'm not with you, which is the probably the uh, the key ingredient to massacre. <laughs> yeah, the, the catalyst to the flashpoint. Hell yeah! So, so I think we were talking about you wanted to hear more about the comparison of the moves, right, or something. Ah, uh, yeah. So, the, one of our very first episodes, Jeff discussed that he was moving from good old Indiana to Indiana, Maryland, D.C. area. So now, Mister Man has moved again. So take it away. So so basically, we were renting, and the craziness is, is after we started house hunting, we found out that somebody was in our house prior, like maybe a year or two prior, and was dead for over six months before they found him. Whoa, one of those like rotting corpse stories. Wow. So so basically, he was up in the bedroom, and when you're I guess when you die, like in your, in you're in a room like that, like your body swells and explodes Whoa. and he melted to the floor. Whoa. And, and, you, and if you looked up on our ceiling in our old house, you can see the fucking spot. 
For real? Like, where they where they where they patched it? They did a shitty patch job. And I've always been allergic in that room for some reason all summer. Like, I wake up and I'm, like, destroyed tired. I'm so tired, like, exhausted. I thought I was just getting old. And since I've been at the new place, like, it's allergy season, so my nose is a little bit, like, you know, like, stuffed or I get a little itchy nose. But, like, I'm not like that now. Do you think it's the mold that went through the floor when it all got wet and nasty? It could be the mold. It could be in the ventilation systems that wasn't cleaned out properly. Yeah. Who knows? Sure. But like that's freaking nuts on itself. That's that's crazy. Right there. What did your wife say? And we didn't even know about it till later because like basically <laughs> like my wow. my wife the mailman asked my wife, Do you, "Have you ever seen any ghosts in the house?" And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And <laughs> they said, "Well, there was a guy that was dead in there." And he said, he said like a couple weeks, and then we find out it was like six months. Nobody <laughs> checked up on this guy. One person told us it was in the winter, so oh, not a big deal. We found out it's in the summer. <laughs> All nasty <laughs> like, and like nasty melting carcass shit. Like oh, oh, brutal. Jesus. So it's like, yeah, we're like, thank God we're getting out of that fucking place. But yeah, for real. That that whole crazy ass story aside. The fact that we would be renting for three years, we would basically be throwing away about sixty grand because of how much it is to rent places out here. It's like eighteen over eighteen hundred dollars a month to rent a small townhouse that we had. Yeah, I, I heard the the rates are like astronomical. Yeah, it's like eighteen hundred dollars a month. That's yeah. in, I think we paid eighteen fifty. That whole area um, down there. Yeah, it's just expensive in DC. Yeah. So so basically, our thoughts were: well, if we're gonna fucking waste 60 grand we might as well put the 60 grand into a house that we have equity into so yeah we found a nice awesome freaking ranch style house because that other house had three floors as well so like anything like oh i forgot my i don't know like wallet it's up on the fucking second floor so i'm about the bottom floor i have to go up two flights of stairs go back down two flights of stairs like constantly like, Andrea wants to do the laundry. She has to go down two flights of stairs to do the laundry. Like, and back up two flights of stairs. Like, it was constantly going up and down stairs. So that was annoying. This is all on one floor. Um, closer to everything where I work, except for when I work at, um, on post. It's a little bit further, but all my DC commuting is like basically cut down to, cut down a third, which is amazing. But here's the thing though, the move itself. And I don't know if this is, if you realize this though, Kyle, but the, um, they have movers when it's an official military move, come pack up all your stuff and move all your stuff. Mm -hmm. So basically all I did was, is chilled and they packed up all the stuff. I just had to grab like my important things, like my collectibles, like the ones I really care about. I got to ask a question here. Now, did they turn the record player over like last time? (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the thing. This time, the military isn't moving me. This is on my own. So I moved everything. I moved an entire house in two days. Yeah, it's a couple, good exercise, I guess. A couple, a couple days ago. Plus sweat, though. I hate sweat. <laughs> so Sunday and Monday, I, I just moved an entire house. It's almost best to do it now, though, because it's not. it could be fucking like sweltering July, August shit. Well, and where I'm at? It's been seven. It's been seventy degrees outside still out here. Same here, man. It's nice. I can clean. It's beautiful out here, and it's very weird. It doesn't feel like fall at all. 
No, I mean, and and so the thing is, is that like we changed up how we did everything because even when we moved from Plymouth up to uh, Mishawaka back because we did that on our own too when we did that and that was actually for work and they still I still had to do it on my own we packed up the entire house you know what I mean and moved it this time we packed nothing the day that we closed on the house which was last Friday we loaded up the truck in the car with some stuff and brought it over and then we did that again on the next day and got a U-Haul and loaded up the U-Haul with all the big shit and so basically everything that we moved we put into the right places in the new house and it saved us a lot of unpacking time because i don't know if you remember when we moved to mishawaka but there was like a tote maze like there was like boxes everywhere that's what i was saying like um it's so hard because it's like overwhelming yeah and like this has mitigated that overwhelmingness a ton because we had a lot of stuff in place now I could still send you a picture and I got a fucking box massacre in, in the middle of my game room right now because I haven't unpacked anything yet. But it's not as bad as it was before because everything's in, at least in the right rooms. It's actually like doable. The only reason why it's not unpacked right now is because we need to clean the, the last place. And you know kind of what's where, where in, in the other thing when they drop your boxes off, it's like, let's play mystery game. Oh, who, where the fuck did they pack what? Oh, God. Yeah, like, like, yeah, there's everything <laughs> I know was moved perfectly. Like, there was no question on whether the TV was going to fucking work when we got it here. Like, no, I, I moved it. It's, it was wrapped properly. Like, and at least, at least, and here's my thing if it is broke, at least I could blame myself instead yeah. of like some dude that I'm going to like never see again and be like, God damn it. And try to put in a claim that they're never going to give you the amount for. And just thinking my, to myself, if I would have done it, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, so. I'm done moving for a long time. <laughs> I bet, man. Fucking over and the over thing, like the, that. The thing hardcore, is, though, dude. is that like this house has that cottage grandma's house feel to it. Like, really, really, really comfortable. Yeah, I was thinking that when you, you, I could tell when you mentioned the the porch, I was like, it's like cozy as fuck. Well, yeah, there's like a front porch that is screened in, and I think I got a rocking chair out there right now. Screened in <laughs> porches already, that's like cozy as fuck. And then you got the fireplace. And there's a fireplace that was built in like 20 years ago. The guy actually built it in to the wall. So that's solid. That's the tight. whole wall's brick. <laughs> and there's like two on, next to the fireplace, there's two like, brick um like shelves or seats so you can put like pillows there or whatever you could sit there on the fireplace like just chill it's like super awesome we put our vinyl record player in there the big one um that's in there um we were gonna bring the other tv in there and just make that a chill like sit on your couch area but then like Andrea's like, I really want my TV out there. just Because so, like, she likes to chill on the couch and lay on the couch and play. So the couch would be in there. The, and she would she would have to like sit in chairs to watch TV. She, she wants to sit on the couch. But the, the really cool part, though, is that I'm in my game room right now, finally. Because, you know, our, la- our previous recordings, I was chilling in a room because they're all watching a movie loud. Now they're half asleep. My wife's playing Grand Theft Auto, of course. But like I have my arcade in one, I have my arcade in one corner. Like the Neo Geo arcade is in one corner, perfect. Like it fits there. 
I have my Nintendo Red 10 over on one side of a wall. I have my collection and bookshelves on one, and I got my NES TV and, like, other TV. And the big-ass TV that was up in my bedroom is now down here with the rest. So I have my giant TV where my computer was that was in the bedroom is here in my game room next to my Nintendo TV and my PBM. (laughs) So it's like gaming Shangri-La right here. But, like, right to my left is outside the screen door... And it's the freaking, we have an outside deck and back porch where there's a whole overhang where they built a whole um, roof that goes over. So there's a whole back porch aspect. The back porch isn't um, screened in. It's open, but it's still pretty much waterproof. And I moved my bar out there. So we have an outdoor bar at our house. That's the shit. Tiki bar. And the best part is, is it's right in front of our in-ground pool. We have an in-ground, we have an in-ground pool. And, and there's a deck that goes out from the, the outside, the back porch that goes around the entire pool. So we have a whole wooden deck as basically our backyard. It's like one of the square ones with the round in-ground. Like, what does it look like? It's like a round in-ground one, and it's actually a liner that's in-ground, though. So it's not like a stone in ground, but it's a liner in ground pool. But it's like nine foot deep on the deep end. Holy shit. Freaking, it's huge. Like, we wow. didn't think it was that big. Damn, that's cool. Like, Cthulhu chilling in there and shit. Dude, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, like, basically in my backyard, I really have no grass to cut. But the front yard is pretty big. The other cool thing is in the front yard is that there's a big hill. So it's basically the sledding hill for kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we'll yeah. be... We'll be using it. <laughs> this is the best part of being me is I'm going to be hanging out and playing with my daughter and having fun. I can see my mom like watching for kids. I'm not getting any lawsuits. Get off that hill. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's only for deer and squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, we have like a little pool shed out there too. I'll definitely have to post some pictures up on the uh, the blog and yeah. shoot you some on Skype. And it's time. Yeah, once I get everything unpacked. Mm-hmm. Get it all nice and presentable. You know, you know what the craziest thing is, is that all these books that got delivered, that was a pain in the butt to move. It's <laughs> fucking heavy, right? Like paper and shit. Well, 20 boxes of books. Like, insane amount of books, man. Like. Paper and water are, like, the heaviest thing. Like, it's right to the left of me right now. It's in between my the, the chair that I'm sitting on and the um the outside door, and it's, like, a big, giant mound of books. And I still got to ship out a bunch of them once the game gets done. So that's the next portion. I got to buy all the... I already paid for the game boards, so those are being created right now for Black Box. And they're going to ship all that, and I'm going to have tons and tons of product in the house. How's the programming? Is it coming along? Uh, Rob's posting a ton of um, pictures and things, so he's working on all... I think all the minigames may have all the sprites done now. He did the dog cast a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. So, it, it was like 10 minutes, too. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it like probably took him more to edit all the audio sound effects than it took to record it. To do like, it, it, definitely, it definitely did. Oh, he had a bunch of like little sound effects and stuff? It's like, it's the dog cast. And he had like a Nintendo Age commercial in there. Like, do you like video games? Go to Nintendo Age. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I meant to listen to that. <laughs> I was like, do you like video games? Do you like cool people? <laughs> but yeah, so so the, so the new house, though, moving, I moved everything on my own. Two days with a, a U-Haul. 
the crazy thing was, is like driving the the second U-Haul. I'm going around a, a little because there's a, like a traffic circle, and as I'm going around the traffic circle, of course, a bus comes and like almost runs me off the road, and I hit the side of a curb and pop a tire. Dude, I fucking popped the tire last weekend too. What the hell? But it was like in a U-Haul with all my shit in it. Yeah, like what did you <laughs> even do? And so, so basically, though, those tires, they have two different tires. And we didn't know there was a hole. We just hit the curb. So we were pissed off that, you know, we hit a curb and everything shifted in the back of the truck. And we get it over to my place, which was like a couple miles up the road from there. And I look, we look in and we're like, there's a fucking giant hole in the tire. <laughs> and basically, we called up the U-Haul company and they came and passed the tire up. And it was a flat. That's what they, they didn't really charge us any money for it. That was pretty cool. We, we got the insurance on the truck, though, of course. But the insurance doesn't cover tires. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I just had to change mine and get on with the story. But, yeah, that's crazy, though. U-Hauls, like, that's good you had two on each one. That's true. Yeah, it was like rental car truck, though. It's like renting a car, too. Always get the insurance. You never know what the fuck will happen. It might be the best advice in this whole, like, deal here. Like, if you can, if you're able, don't be lazy and just do it your, yourself. Because there, we had options. You could hire people to come pack up your shit and move your shit, and it'll cost you a couple grand. But in the realm of things, like, a couple grand, like, we just closed on a house. Like, <laughs> like, we don't have a couple grand. And I also, you know, at the same time, we didn't plan on buying this place, and I already put down money to go on a Disney vacation for my family. So <laughs> that ain't cheap. No, so it was like that that all happened within a month of each other. So like we're going to Disney next month and it's already paid for. Cuz you got to pre-buy everything for Disney cuz otherwise you won't be able to eat dinner because it's all booked. Like that's how crazy Disney is. Speaking of Disney, what do you think about the Star Wars trailer? Oh, Star Wars trailer is fucking amazing. Yeah. I know we've been overanalyzing the shit out of it cuz Everybody's like, there's that whole ironic trolling thing where they're saying, oh, it's, what was it, like, two people started trolling and the internet caught wind and news outlets started saying it and, like, people are mad that there's a black guy as a Jedi or something. Is he even going to be the Jedi, though? And that's where my analysis comes in. My analysis is, if you watch that trailer, that dude is nervous as shit. There's no way he's confident. There's no way he's going to get trained as a Jedi in, in one movie. So I think he just grabbed the lightsaber, which is either Luke or Anakin's lightsaber or something, like a family heirloom type thing, and he has it, and he's going to get his ass saved by whomever has Force powers. If you watch it, the chick starts off just like Luke does. So I think she is the true hero of the entire movie, maybe the entire trilogy. She's the Luke, and she may have the Force powers. And some people were asking if Luke turned to the dark side, and then someone else mentioned Luke's hand touches R2-D2 in the, the trailer. Like, mm-hmm. Is that Luke? That was like, that was a robotic hand. And then someone was like, well, yeah, but Luke has skin on his hand. And then someone, someone else was like, well, no, he, actually that's just like a rubber skin and probably would have been burned away by now. So, yeah, who's to say? Well, And is that Luke? They made it look like it is. But yeah, the the thing is, is though the with the last trailer and all those is my thing is I think the chick is gonna be the Luke Skywalker. She's has the the Force powers, 
and she's been kind of on her own somehow. And there's going to be some kind of story about it, but I think she is the daughter of Han and Leia. And somehow they had to give her up, or she got lost, or something on this freighter. She may even know them. Who knows? But I think the big reveal, the Vader, I'm your father moment will happen. And it won't be in this episode. It'll be in like the next one. Is I think that the Kylo Ren, the big guy with the crazy um, upside-down cross lightsaber... Uh, <laughs> I think he's probably the twin brother of her or the brother of her. Yeah, people were saying there's probably a twin thing. And twins are, like, genetic, and they, like, run in the Skywalker family, so. Well, yeah, they're, they're saying twin because of that's how the books are. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Disney killed all the extended universe. So you don't everything. know what's going to happen. So, the, I mean, but it could be, like, he's the bro- he's a brother or something. It could be, or a cousin or. I always thought it would be cool if Boba Fett just reappeared. Like, how did he get out of the Sarlacc? Like, that's that's the Boba Fett to me. Almost like a really mysterious, like, he always, it's like the James Bond. Like, he yeah. always gets out of the predicament, and you, like, all of a sudden he's just, like, there. And you're like, what the fuck? Will this guy never fucking die? So I think in the book <laughs> he actually got killed by Chewbacca. He, like, threw him off a, a, he threw him down a pit or something, I think, in one of the books I got. The, the the coolest aspect, I think, of this whole new movie is that they're rolling with the whole the Force is a mystical thing that nobody thinks is real. Which is like a new hope, basically. Like, oh, it's like starting over again. Here's the thing, thing, if you really think about it, think about 4, 5, and 6. How many times do people see Jedi? Or do people see lightsabers? Or do people see... Never. Never. And if they ever did, it was like a couple people. It wasn't like it was on the internet or in the news or in the Senate or... You know what I mean? Like, there was never... Like, every kind of battle was close ha- close hold. And it was secret. It was a secret battle. So, so really, it kind of goes hand in hand with the f- original trilogy that it still would be kind of a mystical thing that only a few select people would have known about even from the first the, the original three movies. And here's that's the problem with the first three movies like it there's no mystique cuz it's like there's jedi's flipping like left and right. But before I was talking about how like in like a, a new hope it's like Oh, Obi Wan's just crazy. Like uh, that, I like that aspect. Yeah, yeah, because like, oh, you don't want to get involved with him. He's just some dumb troll. Like he's some dumb hermit. Well, and they even talk. Even the one guy talks shit to Vader, saying he's just a crazy magician with his mystical force. It doesn't exist, and then he starts choking him. Yeah, and then and like Luke actually has to go to Dagobah and Yoda to actually understand like what what it is. That that was a cool aspect of the the newer trilogy was that they showed like oh back in the day it was all over the place but it also kind of made it bland. Yeah, because there's no mystique. It makes it something you can't touch, and it makes it something that's kind of like rare. As uh, when there's people with lightsabers everywhere, it's awesome in like the the crazy aspect. Like wow, this is just nuts, you know. But it's yep. it. It takes away from, like, what what's going on here? Like, this is this is some kind of like dark, like secret trade that only a few rare people know about. And it just makes it cool. 
that's why it's it's kind of cool that they're talking about that in the trailer like the forces uh is like it's true because that's what han says and he's like it's true everything, all you, of it. everything you heard is true all of it. Yeah. but what worries me is that the kylo ren guy shows him like flipping out his lightsaber hopefully that's like close hold and he's not like going into battle with a fucking lightsaber out because that would be dumb i hope they stick with the whole keeping it special because then you could have two guys just flailing around sticks like they did in episode four and it still looks fine alec guinness fighting vader yeah it's gotta be and this is like what george like lucas and why vader's helmet's the way it's shaped it's like a samurai helmet because it's like mm-hmm. two two samurais meet and like draw swords, it's like a huge event. Yeah, it's not like guys jumping around doing flips and deflecting laser blasts everywhere. No, it's like holy fuck! <laughs> like these two guys are gonna duel. Like get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, and it's masters fighting each other. Yeah, and that's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's the mystique. Whereas I mean it's like the first episode. The Darth Maul fight was incredible, and everyone always, you know, puts Darth Maul down. It's like, oh, we, there. I wish there was just more of them, you know. Well, the Darth Maul thing was really my the only part I enjoyed of the first episode one. Was well, the, the Darth Maul aspects? All the all the Nar- Darth Maul parts. Yeah, everything else in it was all bland, pod crap, and backstory. Yeah, and while Darth Maul, you know. It would have been great if he could have stayed. He didn't. But the fact is, like, what what he does is I can't, like, falter. It's almost like that's the reason to watch the first movie. Well, his parts were, like, it builds him up as a badass when he was hunting people. And then they show him do the whole samurai battle at the end. Here we like, go. That's, that's all he does. Here we go. Yeah, like, so. He only does the cool parts. You don't. It's not like he he's always flailing around. He's He's very reserved. And when he needs to, you know, pull out the big guns, he does. But he's not just, like, jumping around, doing backflips, like, going crazy. And that's that's the whole thing about um, the, the mystique that it needs to keep. Kind of kind of the same thing with Christopher Lee in the, the next two. He was like, you know, Dooku, he was the same way. Yeah, he would, like, pop it out. He'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and then they had the crazy-ass robot that was flipping all around, which was grievous. All of this stems from that big battle in the second the Clone Wars. Oh, God. Where uh, Jango gets decapitated. Yeah. All of that basically, all of that overuse, if they would have, like, fixed that scene, I think we'd be okay. Because that, that scene overall makes it seem like Jedi were, like, a dime a dozen, which Lucas wanted to kind of express, because he's like, you know, we have Jedi, and they were the big thing of the universe, and there was an academy, and this and that, but... That one scene, they're just everywhere, and I think that kind of oversaturates, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I did enjoy um, episode three because they showed eliminating all those fuckers. Like, they showed when, like, how ingrained the Emperor was in the clone troopers, and then as soon as he, like, basically clicked his fingers, they killed every fucking Jedi that was with them fighting in battle. Like, nothing. Like, they turned on them all and killed them all. And it was like, alright, so that's cool. All this oversaturation gets killed immediately. And actually, that's the most brutal part of any episode yet. When Anakin goes to the academy, slaughters all the children. Kills all the kids. That's the most brutal part in the whole Star Wars. That's freaking insane, just because of the connotations. 
the second most brutal part is actually in the Clone Wars when his mother dies and he kills all the sand because he kills all the children there too, like and all the women. Remember, mm-hmm. it's like all the children and all the women as well, like whatever. He didn't just kill it's, all the it's men. It's just un- unfortunate that the actor that they picked to play Anakin was pretty terrible, pretty dry. <laughs> you will try. <laughs> it's just he just wasn't a, a good actor, and it's just unfortunate because he. I mean, obviously he wasn't because he hasn't done shit. You know who he reminds he like, me of? He did like one movie, like Jumper, and that was it. <laughs> Dude, Patrick Kane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Blackhawks, yeah. Patrick Kane. Boy. Obviously, you know, but I, for all people listening, Blackhawks fans here, they've actually been doing good. It's going to be interesting to see if his case gets overturned, though. It, it it ended. He's good. It was good? Yeah, he's good. Oh, I figured it would be. Okay, cool. I mean, basically, how that whole thing went is that he's a freaking the star hockey player for the entire NHL, pretty much. Him and yeah. Taze. For the Blackhawks, won the cup. They're the two star players, mm-hmm. and he goes to a bar and hooks up with some chicks, and then the chicks, the chick or chicks, claimed that they that he took advantage. And it's like it's like saying, "All right, you you took advantage of some superstar. Some super superstar took advantage and took you home." Like, nah, you probably threw yourself at him. Absolutely. Like, I, even my wife said that. She's like, no, that chick's full of shit. She definitely threw herself at freaking Patrick Kane. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole, like, Cosby thing, too. I mean, Cosby may have drugged them, but they definitely threw themselves at Cosby. Yeah. And then he just took advantage, but... Well, yeah, he did some crazier. He went, he went a step further. But it's the fact that women throw themselves at celebrities. That's the point here. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And men do, too, if it's a woman celebrity. Like, why not? Well, men throw themselves at a woman. At period. a woman, a hot chick <laughs> that they consider. <laughs> a woman. Oh, period. Yeah. Not even a woman. Yep. Period. I can disagree with that. <laughs> so, so yeah, Kane got totally fucked in this. But I mean, he, he. I mean, those months of like living hell, though. You know, like just. Well, and that plus, like, even like she even fucked with his paychecks because he was on the cover of um with Taze on the cover of the new NHL game, and now it's just Taze. Really? I Be- didn't know about that. Well, yeah, it was like him. It was both of them standing like back to back on the cover of the new NHL game, and now it's just Taze holding the cup. Fuck, man. So, like, he got screwed out of licensing deals. He's like, it's basically, it screwed up a lot of stuff because who knows how long, you know, a career can last in like a, a high contact sport like hockey. He could go for, he could go for another 10 years, or this could be his last year. You never know. And then from there, the only things you can do are. Uh, commentating or coaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, it's hockey. So, so in other words, if they're messing with paycheck, they're messing essentially with his retirement. Uh, big time. What you said, too, is huge because the longevity of people is is actually, like, so short. Well, yeah. I mean, like, fame and all that is so small. Like, like if, if you look at all the old, like, shows and stuff, like, you know, um, like we were talking about, like, um, in one of the old episodes, like the NES, like movies, you know, like uh, like Michael J. Fox, his career even like sh- after that one show he had with Family Ties, and then um, Back to the Future. I mean, it was like he did Teen Wolf. Yeah, I mean, very few things though. You know what I mean? Like, well, he did a bunch of stuff, but then he came down with Parkinson's really bad. And he has a new show now, actually, which is interesting. Because I was like, wow. Well, he did. 
he did two shows after that. Like he did a two pretty long stand. He did the Michael J. Fox show even. But now why why he's a good example is because he didn't get in like a lot of movies after that, like starring roles like Macaulay Culkin too. After, after oh, God. He, he did like Home Alone, The Good Son, and uh, Stand By Me. Then he turned into an ugly-ass teenager. I think the best example are the, the kids, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. <laughs> People will say who? Yeah, he was he was a teen, like, teen beat kid. Well, like, he was even in, like, you know, WWF WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Like, he, was at, he was at WrestleMania <laughs> as a freaking celebrity, and yeah. now he's he hasn't done shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of them turn into jokes, like uh, Different Strokes guy. Gary Coleman, I mean, he was a security guard, like, fuck. There's certain um, kid actors that turn it around, though. I mean, you had Drew Barrymore. She was freaking a train wreck as a teenager and then turned it around to a good acting career. Yep. You know, the, the classic one is our, our buddy Patrick Bateman. Oh, yeah, 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 Treasure Island. He was... He was a freaking kid, and now he's freaking Batman, and he's done like you know. Well, um, American Psycho was his breakout as an adult, but um, I mean, you had guys like Leonardo DiCaprio. He was a freaking kid actor, so. But it's like, yeah, you you don't know if you're gonna beat that, you know. There's more train wrecks than not, and you don't know. So something as small as what they did to Patrick Kane is. Damning, because imagine yeah. like he's in commercials and stuff. I bet they pulled the commercials in Chicagoland. Because out, out in my area, you don't see Blackhawk commercials, but uh, when I was in Chicagoland area, you always see Blackhawk commercials. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, Kane's off them. Well, yeah, they pulled it until the the ruling is settled. But it's funny that the ruling is just decided by a jury of people, so it, it's all like bullshit, basically. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. hopefully, these random people decide that I'm innocent, and then the rest of the world will decide that I'm innocent, then I can get paid again and be on TV again. It's just, like, fucked up. But, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> I mean, you could also see, you know, the devil's advocate where, oh, they're getting millions of dollars anyways. They are, just hopefully they're not spending it, like, frivolously. Most are. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's the problem, you know? Buying all these the, huge mansions the, and sports cars. Uh, what I call it, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan's of the world going crazy it's like dude then you gotta pay taxes and all that shit too man all that mm-hmm. property it's just going up yearly so that's why you might as well just uh live within your means yeah just be small and just be like chill don't get too loud and don't get too nuts and you'll be okay you don't need all that but <laughs> some people gotta taste the sun
What was it that uh, some somebody was saying that like almost everybody who uh, wins the lottery that came from nothing goes back to nothing? Yeah, because they don't know how. So, to like, save. if somebody's like you know lower class or middle class, even they win the lottery, they almost like I think it was eighty percent claim bankruptcy or something insane. It actually, it kind of in a way it makes, makes sense, sense because, like, okay, so if I made a million and I didn't invest it properly, yeah, yeah, if you couldn't manage your money when you had. A thousand dollars and you didn't save any of it. What's why are you going to save money when you have a million dollars? You're not. You're going to spend it all, and then you're going to have nothing again. Yeah, it's like so. I I decide to buy a bunch of like four hundred one ks with it, you know, stuff like that. Well, I'm I'm investing in the stock market, and that's going to pay out later. Whereas if some guy decides to buy like a fucking Lamborghini and a gold necklace, it's like gone already. So yeah, it, it, it's fact that like that's why they're poor in the beginning because they don't manage their money well. Yeah, you're totally right. It's funny though because like yeah, people who manage their money terribly and they'll spend it frivolously and million dollars doesn't go anywhere. It's it's actually nothing unless you invest it and, and make interest off it, you know, live off your interest or put it in the stock market, get, you know, a financial advisor and kind of do it that way. But you got to do it. That's why like Trump is a millionaire cuz he buys real estate and he's billionaire. Yeah, yeah, I mean he he buys real estate and you know and just overturns it there's been times when he had no money at all but he found a way to get back out of debt so yeah it's, it's the way that the uh the classes live i think and money makes money and i think if you don't know how to make money with money you get screwed uh whenever you sign for like a house because like me moving in this place wasn't my first house you get to see the uh, the big money page so you get to see what you're going to pay with interest over the next the 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 length of the loan, right? Mhm. Mine is over a half a million dollars here wow. for this place. <laughs> so that's already like equity though. Yeah. So so basically I'm looking at this place like what's it going to be worth in 30 years? What am I going to be able to do with it? How am I going to be able to use it? And is it worth buying? That's what you got to do every time you make any kind of major purchase. That's how much the property value is out here. <laughs> it's insane. It, it's massive, though. Yeah, because it's this. I think it's D.C., Chicago, New York, and L.A. L- LA yep, exactly. Are, are the big ones, and maybe like Houston, Dallas area, Miami. Yep, can't forget about Florida. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah, Miami is God. Is Orlando's fucking nuts, like the price hikes on shit. It's like mm-hmm. tourists heaven. That's a tourist zone right there. Orlando, obviously. Yeah. Oh, Miami is just like everybody wants to live on the beach. That's beach world, yeah. Miami Beach rules. Like a place that I got here would have been $2 million in Miami. <laughs> Easily. Freaking craziness. Yeah, but... this location is like, what's the demand, I guess? But yeah, like the, the the whole thing is, is that you know, people not being able to invest in money, just people go back to where they were, and people going back to where they were is exactly how collecting goes too, video game collecting, because people that didn't collect and jump on the bandwagon are gonna get out of it and go back to where they were, because it was the cool thing to do. Yeah, and circling back to the video game, yeah, it was exciting. And like I said, you can't recreate that excitement, that that newness. And when it dies off, sometimes it dies hard, and that 
that you just shed that skin and that skin falls. <laughs> yep. And it's gone. Like our cousins, uh, oh, nephews, yeah. cousins and nephews all have just sold all their shit and just, just like for nothing, for pittance. Yeah, some people just don't give a shit. See, I'm like the I'm like the other way where like the stuff that I support, like even the homebrew stuff, like if I only keep the games that I truly enjoy, but I'm still supporting the scene, buying directly from, you know, the creators. But if it's a game I don't like, like I'm not trading it to GameStop for a dollar, like I'll sell it to somebody else in the community or trade it for something else that I want. Like, basically. So, I never, I like, I truly, like, just my money, I don't lose anything. I just get to support, you know, in the in the community. So, it's like, it's, it's a good investment in that aspect because of how crazy the homebrew scene is right now. Well, I think the biggest investment is the fact that you had the, enough people knew who you were to then once you had the Kickstarter, it was like you had a bunch of supporting really close people, close knit. The initial people push. That that the one guy you mentioned in the one of the last episodes that didn't even have a family member back up when you he was doing the one that kinda like a, a wannabe of yours. Oh yeah. He didn't even <laughs> he have didn't a fucking penny, man. Not even a brother or a cousin or whatever. So it's just I like think that wow. goes to like I think that goes to like smart marketing though, because you know, it being the first time I go to Kickstarter, like, and I know how crazy Nintendo Age is with homebrew stuff. Like, I was like, well, an association with a known homebrew developer would help me establish the beginning of my Kickstarter. And we could do a cool run and collaborate and it'd be a win-win situation for every all parties involved. And going back to all the people that, that were supporting you, they're like-minded, so when they see, like, holy shit, you know, you got yeah. Sly Dog making the game, you know, you got Garbage Pail Master. And that was like an okay. extra aspect that just kind down. Of fell into place. Yeah. Like, the, the artwork thing. And, like, now, though, like, now I have the Kickstarter under my belt. Like, if I go back and the next one I do just a book at a much lower funding goal because i don't need to fund a game now um if i do that like i'll have a higher chance of success than if i would have went just with the book the first time oh yeah because now you have you have like people know guy who did the complete nes is doing another book like that's what it's all about yeah yeah so that's the key about making it like the quality product that you want it to be because that's the that that's like what lies in the balance like so when everyone sees that it's awesome it's like oh well, then, of course, I'm going to support him because he's fucking great. And and the irony is, is you know, you say you can't judge a, you can't judge a book by its cover. They fucking judge a book by its cover because my cover looks awesome. Everybody that's gotten my book is like, it, this book has set the standard now for what a gaming book should be, what a collector's book should be, because it's a book and it is amazing quality. I've set a standard for myself now too, though, so I gotta. I'm going to maintain it and keep it every time. It's all about standards. Can't go back, but I definitely got my copies. And I'm, a, oh, yeah. I'm a happy camper. They're all proudly displayed. Love it. Yeah, because all the book only and book slash artwork combo backers now all have a copy of the book. Only the game backers didn't get one yet. 
and they're basically um like I'm once the game's done they get everything because I only charge for shipping once to save everybody on prices. So for the podcast we are creating t-shirts. Kyle's been doing logos and we're doing color combinations and basically like I to save on sh- like shipping's basically free to my house so we both got a t-shirt and then I shipped Kyle cuz Kyle supported the limited edition. Like I shipped him his t-shirt and I put the book in there cuz I did it media mail. So it didn't cost anything. So it's not a big deal, nice. but like, like if I did a deal with somebody else who had one of the limited editions or something, I would, I would have thrown the book in there too. But so media mail is like a flat fee, three bucks in the U.S. No matter what, mm-hmm. holy shit! It has to be like a media though, like a book or a game. A game works though. Yeah, and I just said it's a book. It's TV. You know, I didn't say there was a shirt in there. Just trying to think like seller wise, like that's pretty nice. Now here's the thing. There's no media mail for overseas. That's yeah. That's where you where we talked about where you ran into the issue. But like twenty six dollars a minimum why to you, ship a book. That's why you always overshoot your limit. You know. Well, that's my um, AAR after action review lessons learned is that the next one I can stay for the five dollars shipping on like a, an item for states. That was good, but the ten dollars shipping for overseas has to be like. Almost it has to be thirty. It has to be thirty dollars to ship international because it was like twenty six dollars to ship a fucking book. Every one was twenty six bucks. I only charged ten, so I lost out on sixteen bucks per. And the thing is, is that the it costs like three seventy five to ship media mail. Well, I have to pay for the um rolls of bubble wrap for tape and for boxes. So five dollars covers all the materials. Like an extra dollar covers all the materials. Like that actually worked out perfectly. Five bucks. And then you have the whole, I messed up. I think it was like an eight or nine hundred dollar mistake for the, um, for, for all of the shipping. But I had that whole overhead that I put in there just in case I messed up something or, or miscalculate something. So yeah, not, not an issue ever. Like, the thing is, though, is that those are always lessons learned. So the next one is going to suck. But also, um, I should be able to do the books cheaper next time. So they sh- the books themselves could should be able to be cheaper with the next Kickstarter. And the shipping will be fine for stateside. And then if somebody overseas knows somebody, they might be able to, you know, get a deal or something. The other thing that's pretty cool is I'm working on a collaboration project. So, like, we have... The Hidden Gems book, which you wrote a couple articles for, that one's the volume one. Because if you look on the side of the complete NES, there's Roman numeral two on there. And really, nobody's asked me about that yet. That Roman numeral two is because it's my second book. The first book is Hidden Gems, which we're doing a re-release, and it's going to match the format of this the, the complete NES. So that one will be coming out next year. And then we have Ultra Review Roundtable, which was an old series, and you wrote, you did an article on one of those games too. Um, but that was with a collaboration with a lot of different people in the gaming community. But that one's going to be another one. And then there's a collaboration book I'm working on. So it's like projects galore, man. Then, of course, you got our our little Gamester 81 partnership that's going on right now. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Old Gamester. Old Gamester, shout out. I haven't really seen a... um. Like a immediate spike in listenership, but we're not really uploading the 
episodes to his site. We're basically just doing whatever breakouts we have a YouTube video. So basically you're only going to get the hardcore people that are going to hunt us down. I think still niche as ever. Well, like I was saying, the podcast is really the only place where I can live and flourish. So it's kind of like moot for me because it's, that's really my environment. And it doesn't seem like his website is conducive to just posting podcast episodes. It seems like everybody wants that quick YouTube 10-minute video aspect. Well, the, and the other thing was, um, this is a good thing to note, that Happy Console Gamer, um, mm-hmm. I've always loved him. He's always, I've watched, I've seen him before, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd, actually. I knew about him. I've known about Happy Console Gamer for a long time, but if you look at the, po- he's, they, they posted like a podcast, the Lords of, Th- of Thunder podcast, and if you look at that compared to the views on the actual videos, it's like pales in comparison. So it's obvious that people aren't going to YouTube to listen to podcasts, and maybe podcasts aren't even that big, but to me, that's what makes it great, because we're capitalizing on something that isn't very popular, but is up and coming. And actually, we're starting to do podcasts now at work now, which is is hilarious because all of a sudden I'm hearing the word podcast like left and right. And uh, I think really that it's the only place, it's like the wild, wild west, and that's where I I need to be because I don't like rules. I don't like regulations. I like that we can put like whatever songs that we want. No one's going to fuck with us. No one's going to give us a copyright strike because I, I used the fucking Mr. Gimmick song. Like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, Well, it's like podcasting is not something that's like new, but it's no. not something that's caught on like wildfire. No, it's and not oversaturated all, always, at all. We're always like on the cusp of things, so it could explode. Even if it doesn't, it's the only environment that a lizard like me can like flourish well, and plus, like, <laughs> basically, our our quote unquote wheelhouse is bullshitting, anyways. So, just works. I'm sitting here talking on the freaking phone about video games and random shit is what we do. <laughs> it's just too easy. Yeah, the hardest part is just fixing it all and making it sound pretty. That's it. Yeah, and, and you enjoy it. And you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, have to. So it all works out. It's a perfect storm. I brother. definitely need to. Uh, Need to get back on the the editing bandwagon on the the video series because we got like the whole three different series that I've been doing, which is the One Life Wife with my wife playing games, and then you got me doing my single credit reviews, but like live, which is pretty fun. Well, then the real testament to the editing, and yeah, the definitely keep doing the live reviews, the the for the single credit, the testament, well, and, and the homebrew reviews too. Just. <laughs> Yeah, you always have the live thing, might as well. And the, the real testament is how long can you handle doing the editing over and over and over again at the same pace? That's yeah. that's the brutal testament, and that's where a lot of people, and understandably, like, fall. Because yeah. they're like, I'm fucking burned out. It's tough, and that's that's the one spot where you see where I said in, like, the very first episode where a lot of times... You see a lot of episodes real quick because it's new, it's fresh, it's chrome, it's, it's metallic, it's, it's beautiful, it's unscratched, and then all of a sudden it starts to rust out. And the more you do something, the burnout starts to take effect, and that's a psych. psych- it starts to become boring to them. Yeah, it's a psychological thing. So you either have to figure out a way to deal with it, 
or work through the boredom or just have a super passion where it's crazy. I'm kind of in the middle where I have the super passion, but I'm not that crazy. But I also know how to like like spread it out. Like you got to spread it out. You can't like oversaturate yourself. Do it a few hours here. Take a break. A few hours there. Don't make it such a sit down for 10 hours straight. I don't know. I, I To me, I can't handle that because then my brain We've is... also, like, streamlined things to where it's a little easier, like doing syncs at the beginning of podcasts and other stuff like that to where it makes it easier. And, like, that's why my review style, even on the videos, is what it is. It's like a peak, like a, a window into a game. So, like, I'll do, like, a little video at the beginning where it's kind of a... um a single take type of intro. But then like when I'm playing the game, I'm playing the game live and I'm going to do it on the first take. And you know, if I'm shitty at the game, I'm shitty at the game. It's what it is, but you're going to get to see the game and I'm going to talk about it and give my analysis on it while I play it live. And it's unlike like a, a thorough game review where I have to show every aspect of the game. It's only going to take me, you know, my initial run through five to 10 minutes to play a game. And it makes my life a lot easier for editing and everything. And it gives somebody who wants to see about the new homebrew fruity, they get to see the first five minutes of gameplay. I'm not spoiling the whole fucking game for them either. So it's it's a it's a win win situation. And I'm trying to cover shit that people don't know, um, just because like if I'm sitting here reviewing Mario three, like who wants to watch me play the first five minutes of Mario three? We've all done that. Yeah. But but if I'm covering if I cover this freaking you know the new NES homebrew Halloween like the first five minutes of the Halloween game then nobody's really played it well I don't want to spoil the end of it because nobody's played it yet like that's the the cool thing and so like and it's you know it's not me doing a live play where I'm playing two three hours on a freaking let's play channel or some shit I'm not trying to to pull all that garbage because that's just that's not who I am. I'm not going to sit here and record every aspect and every hour of what I do. <laughs> it seems like too much effort. But the thing is, though, is that like my wheelhouse is I like to play arcade games and I like to play homebrew NES so, at homebrew games, like stuff that people make. So that's what I'll review, you know. Well, and my response would be: single credit reviews not only means you play one credit, it also means first impression. Exactly. Because it's a single credit, you're walking up to a machine, you're putting in a quarter for the first time, that kind of thing. That's what I picture in my head. So it should be yep. like what you're, it's like a natural, you can't fake it. Like, this is the first time I'm playing this, and this is how it is. And it, it could even be a, a console game that I've never played, too. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Chess, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. A game, just a game. And and the 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 videos that I've done, like the ones that get the most hits, are the arcade and the homebrew ones, anyways. So, well, yeah, because they're unique, and probably no one else has something like that on there. Or if they do, there's like one or two, and not like you know your Mario three a thousand fucking people have it. Well, yeah, and that's that's where I'm getting the, the um the reviews and stuff is like, hey, I've never heard of Exerion before in the arcade, and one guy wanted more like information on the game because when i was playing it that one i wasn't going in depth and i'm like all right so i addressed it and for the next one i actually jumped into uh, a little more detail on the game as i was playing it yeah i also like how in the Xerion you uh you kept playing it like 
for all the people who want to keep watching type thing, I think it's cool. Like, so I'll, I'll especially just since I around. died within seconds and had issues with the controls because I think with that one, like I was trying to use the D pad and you had to use the analog stick or something, so I couldn't move up and down. <laughs> okay, so someone might take that as like, why didn't he just re-record it? Whereas I took it as like that was the first time you ever played it, so you can't recreate. That was the first time I ever played it. So it's yeah, almost I'm like good. people need to understand that that's what it is. So that they don't think like, oh, well, you just press record and whatever happened, then you just press stop. Like, it's actually, no, it's actually, that's the idea. It's like a first That's impression. the point of the review. I just hope people don't miss that. If they do, then I guess they didn't really like think into it, but who knows? Well, how I see it is if somebody takes the time to post a comment, then they at least watched it. And nobody has, nobody's posted that comment yet, but if they do, I'll be like, well, that was my first time playing it. <laughs> Put in your your first credit and and play and it's like i'm not gonna sit here and record and put up footage of like i don't know super mario rpg or something because it's like everybody does that nobody wants to watch me grind at an rpg even though it's it's fun for me but it wouldn't be fun to watch and anything that i upload like is something that i would enjoy watching just like with the podcast like i enjoy listening to our podcast well that's what the podcast with mario rpg like well, then we're talking about stories, and I want to hear stories. Yeah, I want to hear stories on Mario RPG and all our kid history behind that shit. I don't want to. I don't want to watch me and you grind on it for hours upon hours to get to you know be overpowered. Like that doesn't interest me at all. My Dobbin stories are already just a little like he introduced me to it, and then I came back to his house and had mastered it before he did. So it was almost like. Uh, the apprentice overtook the master. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun to talk about. Hell yeah. He was like, oh my god, like what? Actually, because you showed me where, like, in the Cloud City, where that secret was and where the lazy shell. Oh yeah. So you were the one who actually, like, upped my fucking skills. So it'll be a great cast. Oh, and, and I had, like, Nintendo Power Records and broke a bunch of world records with that yeah, game we're back in nuts the day. On it. It'll be, like, crazy. <laughs> And, and like Daria, she's just an RPG fanatic, so she'll have a lot of cool aspects on it. Throwing it's it. It's just yeah. like me and you mastered the hell out of that game. That's why I want to play it again, just to remember some of the details, some of the cool aspects. Because I've only, over the years since I mastered it when we were kids, I've only played like the first aspect, fighting that, getting the first star. That's basically, I never even really go to the tadpole pond beyond that. Like, that's about where I always stop, and that's where I currently stopped. So I need to play some more. Good old tap, pull time, little notes. No, yeah, playing on the little, figuring out the fucking music mm-hmm. on my own with with no guide. Yep, yep. It's just that was classic. Yeah, you definitely can. It's just uh, you gotta uh, you know keep at it. That's the thing nowadays. You pull up game FAQs and figure out the pattern in two seconds. Back then, like I wrote it down on freaking notepaper. Yeah, until you got <laughs> the the dark fish. The dark tadpole underneath the water, and then you knew it was the right note. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, so this one's right, that one's wrong, so we'll choose this one. Hopefully that'll be it. Oh, not not yet. Okay, because I think there are like four four lanes, right? Yeah. We'll talk about it later, though. But yeah, forever, basically. <laughs> exactly. It's so fun, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that game is timeless, and I want to <clears throat> remaster it. It's just 
like got so much stuff going on like even all the stuff that we do with like videos and the book stuff that's all projects man it all takes time fuck yeah and like so time's a problem <laughs> that's where if anybody ever has an issue with us taking our christmas siesta or whatever like if they've never edited then because like basically in december we're taking a nice long break where it's gonna give you time to catch up and relax i'm going on vacation like i don't want to like we need to have some time where we can just game and chill and like not have to worry about oh kyle has freaking six episodes now in his backlog (laughs) you're about to have like six episodes in the backlog it's getting it's getting fucking insane probably more than that now and sidequests, too, so it's all good. It's just, well, what's cool about that, though, is that we have that much information to put out. <laughs> That's my thing. That's awesome. But the other side is, though, is that, like, we have all this content, and most listeners aren't even going to notice. I don't think there's anybody that's a hardcore got to listen to VGBS every Sunday when we post it. Because w- uh, we missed the Sunday one this week, and I didn't get any emails. Yeah, I mean, that's, re- that's really where it has to be. I'm doing it for me. Like, like if if I got a bunch of people that were, like, disappointed or something, I might feel bad. But I don't get all that because I think that there's so many people right now, if there are people that are hardcore listeners, they're trying to get caught up. And we, and we have over a day of content, so I figure um, go listen to some Psyquest, man, if you want. If they got disappointed, <laughs> I'd say, have you watched all the episodes? And all the side quests, and then they'd be like, "No." And then did you did you read everything else in the blog? They'd be like, "So why are you disappointed?" <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of content, and it's all us. So let's see. I okay. Oh, okay. Episode one to thirty one, and side quests one to eleven. Fifty nine hours, twenty one <laughs> minutes, and three seconds. Over two days. So if you listen to all of that, I commend you on that. So that's my thing. Like, I highly doubt it. Some people know more about us than we know about us. <laughs> we want more of those people. Stalk us, please. <laughs> Stalk us, please. <laughs> no, I don't fuck. Well, I mean, we had a few of the people that were, like, giving game recommendations for my daughter and stuff. That's that's cool stuff. That That's another story. In the end, like, how we both see it, though, is worst-case scenario, we have archives to reflect on this time in gaming for us. And we have all our old stories, too, in there. So it's a win-win. 